Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake. Jared Bailey with you here as always. Wherever you're listening, whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, Believe Network, wherever you get your podcast from, I appreciate you being here. Lots to dive into today. Uh, my power rankings that I released yesterday got some uh, some attention, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers. I'll touch on that a little bit as well. So I will start, though, with... Um, these power rankings. So I'm going to actually put these on the screen. I'll take you through it. I will go from there. All right. So as you can see, there might be a little bit of discrepancies from what a lot of other people believe. I'm not afraid to uh, to go against the grain on some of these. Um, but we'll start with the Buffalo Bills. I've said all offseason, um, Buffalo has been really active and they've given Josh Allen every opportunity to succeed this season. Um, especially when you look at who the thorn in their side has been, you know, the past few years it has been Kansas city. And while the rest of their division got marginally better, they got, I would argue, marginally worse. And so if you're Buffalo, obviously Josh Allen is incredibly talented. They have a great roster around him. Um, they are also under an immense amount of pressure to win it all this season because this is probably as good a roster as they're going to have. Probably as good a roster they're going to have while Josh Allen's there. And that's not to say that if they don't win it this year, they never will. But they have some decisions to make going forward regarding Jordan Poyer. Now, we don't know if him and Micah Hyder are going to be together next year. Jordan Porter's going to want his money. Are they going to tie a lot of money up into two safeties? Probably not. Stephon Diggs, how long is he going to be that, you know, go-to number one guy? Gabe Davis is emerging. Jameson Crowder, good option in the slot to replace Cole Beasley, a younger, a younger option in the slot. Dawson Knox, a really good tight end. Offensive line got better. Defense is very good. Solid front seven, good linebackers, great secondary. You draft Kyrie Elam to put across from Tredavious White. Those two safeties we talked about just a minute ago back that like there are very few holes in Buffalo's roster. But they're only going to be able to do that for so long. You know, when that Josh Allen contract extension kicks in, you know, we we've seen what the uh what the recipe for most of the league is now. It's all right, let's get a good quarter, let's draft a quarterback, hope to God he turns out good build around him, you know, build a juggernaut around him while he's cheap. You've got this four or five year window to try to make things work. Now, again, that's not to say that if, if Buffalo doesn't win it all this year, that's not to say that they never will, but this is as good an opportunity as they're going to get. Especially in a stat conference. When again, the thorn on their side has been Kansas city. We could talk about them being eight real quick. Um, as long as they have Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be relevant, but trading away Tyree Kill, not bringing back Tyron Matthew, those are those are two big hits. Even depth guys like you know Byron Pringle no longer being there. I mean, he was he made some plays for them when he got the opportunity too. He's now in Chicago. So I mean, who are you gonna really rely on? Are we gonna rely on the likes of you know? Juju Smith-Schuster and Sky Moore make all these plays. I get that Travis Kelsey's still there, but not having Tyreek Hill there is a definite. Uh, it's going to be noticed. Can absolutely be noticed. Kansas City will still be a playoff team. I would be surprised if they aren't. Um, I don't see them making it. You know past the likes of the teams I have ahead of them. Cincinnati got much better in the offseason. They were just in the Super Bowl. You know, Joe Burrow had a coming out party last season with Jamar Chase and everybody. I mean, we all remember what happened. It was 
it was unexpected. You know, I don't think anybody came into the season expecting the Cincinnati Bengals to win the AFC North, much less get to the Super Bowl. Their defense is really good, especially in the playoffs. You know, when you have a quarterback get sacked nine times in a playoff game, your defense is going to have to make some plays. You know, whenever you're trailing 21-3 and you come back and win, your defense made some plays. And so we look at what they did in the offseason. They didn't do anything sexy. But my goodness, did they just build a cement wall in front of Joe Burrow, who, by the way, was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL last season and still managed to have the year that he did. So you go out and you get a Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins. You just say, all right, we know what the issue was last year. It's the fact that our quarterback who just shattered his knee the year before had to run for his life. So we're just going to build a wall in front of him and just let him throw. You know, not to mention, you know, Jamar Chase is fantastic. T. Higgins is very good. Tyler Boyd's very good. Joe Mixon's one of the more underrated and really good running backs in football. Defensively, they are stacked across the board. They have their own very good safety duo with Jesse Bates, who everybody wants to see get paid. Von Bell, Mike Hilton at the corner spot. Really good front seven. Trey Hendrickson proved to be a very vital signing for them. Logan Wilson had a very good year. So Cincinnati, I mean... I don't think we're talking about them enough, you know, for a team. I don't think this, this is not a one and done thing for the Bengals. You know, these are not yesteryear Cincinnati Bengals where they have a, a really good showing and the next year they go, you know, they win five games. All due respect to Andy Dalton, Joe Burrow is much better than Andy Dalton. And this team is much better than any of those teams that Andy Dalton had in the 2010s. So Cincinnati is a team to pay attention to. The team above them, the team who just won the Super Bowl, the Los Angeles Rams, they did lose some depth. But when you make up for that by adding Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner, I mean, there's a lot worse than you could do in an offseason. You look at the year that Matthew Stafford just had. Best year of his career. Cooper Cup had a career year. Van Jefferson emerging as a very good receiver. And then you add Allen Robinson into the mix there. Some still believe that Odell Beckham might come back. They add Odell Beckham to this, uh, this unit. This is a, uh, a historic receiving room, at least on paper. And defensively, yeah, they did lose some depth at the corner spot. Jalen Ramsey still being there, though. I mean, they've got they still have heads on defense. Aaron Donald coming back. Just a superstar at every level. Having Donald, Bobby Wagner behind him, Jalen Ramsey behind him. That is a uh, that is a hell of a uh, a defensive trio. So the Rams are going to be fine. I still think that they're going to win that division, a division that got weaker. So the Rams are going to be just fine. And Green Bay, some might argue I have Green Bay too high, and I would listen to that argument. If you want to slide the likes of the Chargers or hell, even the Broncos in front of Green Bay, I won't argue with you too much. Um, but when you got Aaron Rodgers back there, who's you know won consecutive MVPs, um, you know I'm never going to bet against them. Yes, they traded away Devontae Adams, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they spread that wealth around. It's not going to be a one-man job, though. They still have those two very good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Solid offensive line. Oh, look, he's still got chemistry with the likes of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Uh, they trade up and draft Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Um, Robert Tunya at tight end. So, I mean, they've got a uh, – they don't have, you know, this A-plus guy outside anymore in Devontae Adams, which I understand – I still believe in Aaron Rodgers. I still believe in Matt LaFleur. Still think they'll probably win that division. Still think they'll, you know, win at least a playoff game and make a run at it. By the way, I would love, I would adore if we got Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. I would love every, every second of that. 
or Bengals Packers. I feel like that would be a fantastic Super Bowl. Chargers Packers. I think that would be incredible. So let's talk about the Chargers real quick since I said them by name. Every year it seems like we drink the Chargers Kool-Aid. And every year they seem to get in their own way. Last year was no different. You know, for a team that talented to be go nine and eight. And everybody got all pissed off that they didn't get in the playoffs and Pittsburgh did, but they yeah, gotta win games. Gotta take care of business. And won in the final week of the year against against Las Vegas. But they did not. Could have beat the Patriots, but they didn't. Could have beat the Texans. They didn't. However, I do love Justin Herbert. He is our he is a bona fide superstar. 31 touchdown passes as a rookie, tops that with 35. A 38, I'm sorry, excuse me. In his second year, 69 touchdowns in his first two years. He's already a bona fide stud. They bring back Mike Williams. Not a lot of people expected them to be able to bring back Mike Williams. Keenan Allen's still there. Jalen Guyton emerged as like a really solid number three for them last year. Austin Eckler's fantastic. Like their offense is good. It's just their run defense was god awful last year, and their defense their defense kept them out of a lot of games. Now go look at the uh, you know the games you know like uh, like New England games that they should have won. You know, like I said, they should have beat Houston. They should have beat New England. They should have won these you know these tic tac games. Um, but I tell you, man, it's um. When you go out and you get a J.C. Jackson, you go out and trade for Khalil Mack to put on a defense that already has Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Sante Samuel Jr. Like This is a defense on paper that is fantastic. And look, it was an arms race in the AFC West this offseason. On paper, I don't think that there's a better team than the Chargers in that division. I think it'll be a toss-up between them and Denver. We could talk about Denver real quick. I do like Denver. Getting Russell Wilson, that's huge for obvious reasons. I mean, they've been in quarterback purgatory since Peyton Manning retired. And go back and watch some Paxton Lynch games, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. Who the hell else is there? Osweiler for a hot minute until they traded him away to Cleveland. Um, Trevor Simeon. Like, it was... Nothing about their quarterback situation was good for a while. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, obviously. So Denver gets Russell Wilson. Not to mention that their receiving core in its own right, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. I mean, they, they go four deep, and all of these guys can make plays. Hamler and Sutton have you know, dealt with injuries. I think Judy did as well. Bringing in Russell Wilson to go with that offense. And then defensively, you know, Justin Simmons is a monster. Um, you know, they've got a good offensive line. You know, Garrett Bowles really had a career turnaround year. Patrick Sertain is a stud. Now, if Bradley Chubb can stay healthy, you know, then this is a real group to uh, to reckon with. And this is a team that can go to the Super Bowl. And Tampa Bay, I mean, obviously with Brady still being there, he's still playing at the top of his game at age 97 or however the hell old he is. Uh, they get Chris Godwin back. You know, they lose a few pieces. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they lose Ronald Jones. Uh, they lose a few pieces up front. Now, Dominican Sue's no longer there. But, I mean, they still got Chris Gowan. They still got Mike Evans. I need to add a little bit more depth to that receiver room now that Antonio Brown's gone. Defensively, still got all their, you know, their young guys. Vey is still there. Their secondary still um, features most of the same talent that they had. So, Tampa Bay, I mean, as long as Brady's there, they're going to be a threat. And they benefit from the fact that the NFC is very 
thin in terms of depth. Now, if they were in the AFC, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But even then, you know, Brady's still playing at the top of his game. This could be his swan song, but who knows? But we'll see. On to Baltimore. Um, this is, I mean, in terms of injuries, poor Baltimore last year. They lose all their running backs, all their defensive backs. Lamar goes down at some point, and this is the rest of the year. They finish eight and nine. Not the best. Not the best finish for Baltimore. Or nine and eight, was it? By the way, they you know, they missed the playoffs. But then you get, and you see what they do in the draft, and every year Baltimore is one of the best drafting teams. And credit to Eric DaCosta um, and that entire front office for everything that they do. So they're fantastic. You draft Tyler Linderbaum, you draft Kyle Hamilton, sign Marcus Williams, plus you're going to be getting Marcus Peters back. You're going to get Marlon Humphrey back. You know, they, they just always seem to be a step ahead of everybody else in the draft, and it's, uh, it's commendable, to say the least. Now, the only thing that worries me about Baltimore is the fact that Lamar Jackson is throwing to you and I. Outside of Rashad Bateman, who, by the way, is only going into his second year. I mean, they don't have Hollywood Brown anymore, who's now an Arizona Cardinal. Even then, like Hollywood Brown, it's not as if he was a great number one option. For every great reception he made, he dropped three more. Now, I understand the fact that this offense runs through the running game and Mark Andrews. However, eventually you're going to need somebody to take the top off the defense. They don't have that. I would argue they haven't had that since Lamar's been there. And I know that I'm hard on Lamar Jackson, but the dude can't do it by himself. He can't. So with Baltimore, that worries me. You know, if you're thrown to Rashad Bateman and Doug Smith from Roast Beef University, that's a problem. Again, this offense is going to be running through the run game, the read option, Mark Andrews, Lamar making plays with his feet. I get it. Eventually, they're going to need somebody who can you know, make a play. I'm not saying Rashad Bateman can't, but by no means is he a proven number one guy. So that does worry me about Baltimore. And then that brings us to Indianapolis at 10, bringing in Matt Ryan, ditching Carson Wentz. And we'll talk about Carson Wentz in a minute. Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. Defensively, they're quietly one of the best teams in football. They bring in Stephon Gilmore. Like, this is a team that I think is head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC South after the offseason, after free agency, after all these trades were made and whatnot. Um, I think that they're the best team in the AFC South. So I would like to see them get another receiver to help out Ryan. Maybe they sign Julio Jones. Who knows? Minnesota is a team that I think is going to be a playoff team. Um, you know, new coaching regime. Still a lot of talent on that team. They bring in Zadarius Smith over from Green Bay to pair with Daniel Hunter. Secondary-wise, that's been their Achilles heel. and they, They're still pretty old at that position. Um, they've tried to find the heir apparent to guys like Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson. They've just failed. That's going to be the one thing that could hold them back a little bit. I think they're going to be around a 9-10 win team. I think they'll be a wild-card team. Kirk Cousins is going to let it fly, though. Kirk Cousins, for a, a long time, has been the most underrated and underappreciated quarterback in this league. You look at what he's done the past few years, passer rating over 100 constantly, constantly 30 touchdown passes, constantly 4,000 yards passing at least. Plus, Dalvin Cook behind him. This is a team that's going to do a lot of things this year. I'm excited to watch the Minnesota Vikings play. It's going to be a fun offense to watch, to say the least. Hey, look, I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team. Can they win a playoff game? Yeah. You know, if they play the winner of the NFC East in a wild card game, do I think that they can win? Yes. Would I love to see Kirk Cousins march into Washington if Washington were to win the NFC East? 
and beat Washington at FedEx? Yes. So I do think that they are capable of winning the playoff game. And speaking of Washington here, I do have a comment. Hello, Slasher. I appreciate the comment. Thank you for tuning in. Um, so why do I have Washington higher than the Cowboys, Titans, and Eagles? Well, I'll tell you. Since we're kind of at that part of the list, we'll come back to Arizona. Um, Washington, you look at what they did last year, winning seven games, largely without Chase Young, a defense that wasn't playing well at the, during the first half of the year, and with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. And it's no disrespect to Taylor Heineke. Um, he's proven himself as a very capable quarterback, kind of a lower-end bridge starter or a really good backup. It's fun to watch. Um, not a guy that you want you know, leading your franchise going forward. They got a very big upgrade in Carson Wentz. And say what you want about Carson Wentz. No, he's not 2017 Eagles Carson Wentz anymore. However... The dopes that are making the argument that he's like the 30th best quarterback in the league can kick rocks. That is the dumbest argument that has zero merit whatsoever. Makes no sense. Last year, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, top 10 in quarterback rating, third in the NFL in lowest interception percentage behind only Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Well, again, I'm not going to make the argument that Wentz is a top 10 quarterback. I'll sure as hell make the argument that he's a top 15 and that you can do much worse than Carson Wentz. In the Monday night game against Baltimore, Lamar Jackson had the game of his life and set a bunch of records. Carson Wentz had the best game of his career that day too because he also threw for over 400 yards. Last time I checked, Carson Wentz didn't blow a 26-3 to leader, whatever the hell it was. Now look, we can talk about the Jacksonville game. Yes, he played bad in that game. You know who else played piss poor against Jacksonville? Josh Allen. You know who played piss poor against the Texans? Justin Herbert. Any given Sunday, guys. That's why they play the games. And again, I understand. It was in a big moment. And he played bad. But Josh Allen also played bad against those Jacksonville Jaguars. He played worse than Carson Wentz did. The Bills put up six points. Justin Herbert threw a trillion interceptions to the Texans. They play the games for a reason. Hell, the Jets beat the Bengals with their ninth quarterback. And the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. And Mike White is bagging groceries somewhere now. So I do think that, you know, looking at Washington, what they did, Last year, I mean, a seven-win team could have won more. They were competitive uh, throughout the year. So I'm excited to see what they can do with Carson Wentz, you know, an upgraded quarterback. Terry McLaurin, now that he's paid. Terry McLaurin, by the way, this is the best quarterback he's had since he's been in Washington. Plus, you know, Curtis Samuel, they signed him last year. They only got him for a game because he got injured. Jahan Dotson from Penn State, he's going to be a stud. I assume that they're probably going to put him in the slot. They could probably rotate him and Curtis Samuel. Um, they actually put Dotson outside a little bit more than Samuel. I think Samuel's going to be kind of their de facto Debo guy. Antonio Gibson, a versatile running back. And then defensively, I mean, they still got that really incredible front four of all former first-round picks with Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. And then secondary-wise, Fuller, Jackson at corner. Probably need a little bit of an upgrade at safety. Linebackers, I mean, if Cole Holcomb can take, can take a, a step forward, then they'll be... Their defense, I think, got a little bit overrated because of their schedule in 2020. But I still think it's a fine defense. And with the upgraded quarterback, all these weapons, I think that the commanders win the NFC East. Which takes us to Dallas. Sasha, by the way, thank you. I mean, I know you're sliding in these comments a lot. Um, I appreciate you know, you're watching and whatnot, so I appreciate it. Um, but I'll talk about Dallas now. Well, I'll talk about Arizona first because I you know, kind of skipped over them. Um, they've lost some pieces. You know, DeAndre Hawkins is going to be gone for a little bit for the uh, the whole PED thing. Um, however, I mean, they performed well without both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hawkins for a little bit of a stretch last year. Colt McCoy came in and won games, and that's why they have all this depth at receiver. You know, they've got 
AJ Green for a reason. They brought in Rondale Moore for a reason. They just traded for Hollywood Brown for a reason, which I know I just kind of crapped on him a little bit, but I mean, he's a fine number two. So I don't think that the world, the sky is falling for the Cardinals. They've drafted a lot of defensive guys over the past couple of years. Try to help them out in that, right? Buda Baker is one of the better defensive backs in the league. So I mean, they still got guys on that side of the ball. Still got guys on that side of the ball for Arizona. So I think J.J. Watt is still, you know, wet, <laughs> the, the prime J.J. Watt? No. But I mean, having that locker room presence and when he's healthy, which I mean, let's be frank, he'll pro- he's, he's bound to miss at least four games a year. But this is a team that, you know, you look at what they've got. Kyler Murray is a bona fide stud. James Conner apparently t- scores every time he touches the ball. So Arizona is a team that I still think will be a playoff team, be a wild card team. I don't think they're going to win the NFC West. But I think second place is where, where they'll, they'll wind up as. All right, to Dallas. So let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, just very underwhelming to me. I love Dak Prescott. Don't get me wrong. Ezekiel Elliott is not an elite running back anymore. This is very much Dak's team now, by the way. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, I mean, Amari Cooper's gone. CeeDee Lamb's still there. That's good. Gallup's still there. That's good. Bring in James Washington from Pittsburgh. Defensively, though, like, I get that Trevon Diggs intercepted a billion passes. He also gave up the most passing yards over the top last season. So it was either very boom or bust for Trayvon Diggs. Defensively, guys, they are not, not very good. That worries me. That's the one thing that worries me with Dallas. Like, that's great if Dak can put up 30 points a game. But when they're giving up 35, you know, you're going to be asking a lot of your offense. That's the one thing that worries me about Dallas. Philadelphia. Um, I do not think the Philadelphia Eagles will be a playoff team. Um, that said, roster-wise, they're very good. I think this is kind of the year where the wheels fall off for Jalen Hurts. Um, you look at his numbers since he became the starter. They're not good. That's no, not good. Not a very good passer. That's what it comes down to for me. That's great that you add A.J. Brown. You need a quarterback who can throw it to him, though. Like when, the, like when the Raiders traded for, for Randy Moss. That's great. You got Randy Moss, but you got Kerry Collins throwing in the ball. To an extent, a receiver is only as good as his quarterback. Jalen Hurst just isn't a good quarterback. He's fun to watch. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He can run all over the place and whatnot. Very athletic. Not a good passer. That's what it comes down to for me of Philadelphia. They have a great roster. Don't get me wrong. If they had anybody else at quarterback, I would fear Philadelphia. I would be all over the Eagles. I think that their better quarterback is the one sitting behind Jalen Hurts. They're starting Gardner Minshew. I would, and I'm not even saying this to be stupid. I'm not saying this to, oh my God, he's just saying this to get clicks. I genuinely believe, you can go back and look at Gardner Minshew. Look at his numbers compared to Jalen Hurts. He's a better passer than Jalen Hurts. That's not really debatable. I understand that Jalen Hurts is more athletic, puts up more fantasy points. Garner Minshew overall is the better quarterback. I will die on that hill. We'll die on that hill. I'll actually do a tweet later where I compare their numbers. If you go back and look at Garner's numbers from that year in Jacksonville that he was a starter compared to Jalen Hurts, the passing numbers at least. Again, I know that Jalen Hurts is fun to watch. He can run around all over the place. You need somebody who can pass the ball. Now, again, I know I've ragged on Lamar Jackson. He's gotten marginally better as a passer since he came into the league. I'm not, he's not an elite passer, but he's gotten a lot better. If the, if the Ravens had gotten A.J. Brown, I would be a lot higher on Baltimore. I don't... Frank, I don't care that the Eagles got A.J. Brown. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's that I don't care. <laughs> I mean, defense, I love what they are defensively, man. I do. Darius Slay had a very good, you know, welcome to Philadelphia year. 
was happy to see that for him. And after all those years in Detroit, you know, they get to the playoffs and then they get to the playoffs and Jalen Hurts goes 13 for a million against the Buccaneers. He plays like hell. And then we all kind of realize, oh yeah, the Eagles didn't beat anybody good this year. Which, by the way, they didn't. Go back and look at their schedule. Who'd they lose to? They lost to the Chargers. Who'd they beat? They beat the likes of the Saints. I'd have to go back and look at everybody. I'll actually pull that up right now. This is on the fly journalism. On the fly. Again, I'll look at who all they beat because it's no one impressive. And anytime they had a chance to beat somebody, they did not. Especially in the playoffs when the Buccaneers curb stomped them. And it was ugly. It was not good for the Philadelphia Eagles. So let me pull it up here. It's loading. All right. So they beat the Falcons. Great. They lose to San Francisco. Get humiliated by Dallas. They gave up back-to-back 40-point games. They gave up 41 to Dallas, 42 to Kansas City in a loss. They beat the Panthers by three. Lost to Tampa Bay in a game that wasn't as close as the score says. You remember that Thursday night game. The Eagles were the beneficiaries of two pass interference calls that set them up inside the red zone both times, and that's how they got those touchdowns. That game was not as close as 28 to 22. It was horrible. Um, Lose to Las Vegas. Beat the Lions. Lose to the Chargers. Beat Denver. Beat the Saints. Lose to the Giants. Beat the Jets. Beat Washington. Beat the Giants. Beat Washington. Lose to Dallas, giving up 51. Now, if my math is correct, let me go through this again. Get a little bit of a a read on this. Yeah, they didn't beat a playoff team last year. Again, I don't care that the Eagles got A.J. Brown. If they had a quarterback that was good at getting his receivers the ball, I would. But they don't. So I don't care. Love A.J. Brown. I think he's very good. I don't think Jalen Hurts is very good. So I'm not worried about the Eagles at all. Their defense will keep them in games. Their maximum to me is 7-8 win team. They didn't beat a team that was a playoff team last year. I don't think they beat a team with a winning record last year. Did they? Let's see. Atlanta, no. Carolina, no. Detroit, no. Denver, no. New Orleans, they beat New Orleans. They beat one team with a winning record, and it was the Saints. And the Saints... Let's be honest, the Saints were not a good football team. For most of the year, they had Simeon. So, let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> and then, they, like I said, they got curb stomped by Tampa Bay. I'm not worried about the Eagles. Tennessee Titans, they're, defense, they're very similar to the Eagles. They got a really good defense. No one to throw the ball to because they traded away A.J. Brown. And I'm supposed to believe that Traylon Burks is supposed to be the new A.J. Brown? Derrick Henry's about to touch the ball 800 times this year. I'm not worried in the slightest about Tennessee. The only reason I'm going to pay attention to the Titans is because I want to see when Malik Willis starts playing. Because that's going to happen at some point this year. Because I think the wheels are starting to fall off of Ryan Tannehill. Sure as hell what it looks like. And of course they released that statement like, oh no, we believe in Ryan Tannehill. We're not going to try to pursue Aaron Rodgers. What the hell? Why? (laughs) In what world? I don't care how old Aaron Rodgers is. He's won consecutive MVPs. Looks like he could play to 45. We're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill. Okay. That's why you're you know, never winning more than nine games. Congratulations, Tennessee. Their defense is going to be good. Derrick Henry's going to run the ball 100 times a game. Titans will be an 8-9 win team. They might flirt with the wild card. I don't think they're going to get in. I'm not worried about Titans. The Raiders interest me. And again, I think the Raiders will be better overall than the Titans. Let me say that. I think that they will be better, but the fact that they play in a division that is so stacked, I think they're going to be the odd man out. The Raiders do scare me a little bit. One, I've seen what Josh McDaniels looks like as a head coach. It's not good. Two, 
I can't name more than two guys on their defense. I got Max Crosby. Jonathan Abram, I think, is still there. That is it. Oh, no, they added Chandler Jones. I can name three. They did add Chandler Jones. I can name three. So the pass rush will be nice. I don't know about their secondary. Or their linebackers. Their offense will be fun because Derek Carr is very good. Devontae Adams is very good. Darren Waller's very good. Which, by the way, I'm glad that they're embracing, hey, we can't you know, try to defend, <laughs> defend our way to wins over the Chiefs. We got to get some firepower. We got to score. I still think they're going to get destroyed by Kansas City at least once. Because in a coaching battle between Andy Reid and Josh McDaniels, I'm going to take Andy Reid. But they'll be fun. I think that'd be fun to watch at the very least. Again, if they played in the AFC South, I think they'd win the division. Unfortunately for them, they do not. And they play in a division that features Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. Therefore, I don't like their odds. <laughs> but again, I love Derek Carr. He's so easy to root for. Through all the adversity and hell that they had to go through last year and still made the playoffs, kudos to them. Kudos to him especially. And I will root like hell for Derek Carr. But in that division, man, it's going to be hard. I think they'll be around an eight-win team. Again, if they were in any other division almost, that's a 10-win team. And Josh McDaniels worries me. But I think Carr has become good enough to overcome bad coaching, which is as good a compliment as you can give a quarterback. All right, to my Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I think a middle-of-the-pack type spot for them is fair. Um, you look at what they did last year. They're a playoff team with the mummification of Ben Roethlisberger going 9-7-1. and one. Uh, I think at this point this year, where they are right now is better than where they were at this point last year. Uh, their secondary is much deeper. Um, TJ Watt is re-signed. Tyson Alawala will be back alongside Cam Hayward. Um, you know, secondary-wise, they... Sign Levi Wallace. They bring back Akella Weatherspoon. That gives them the ability to bump Cam Sutton back into the slot where he is better. Gives them a little bit more depth as well. Mika Fitzpatrick got paid. They bring back Terrell Edmonds on a one-year deal who was quietly their best defender for the first month of the year. So defensively, they're going to be good. And getting guys like Alu Alu back, bringing in Miles Jack, that's going to help their run defense out a ton. And I know I sound like a Steelers homer right now. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, so I can kind of get a little bit more in depth on them. But losing Tyson Alawala last year is what killed their run defense. And also not having Stephon Tuitt there, who uh, retired this past offseason because of uh, the passing of his brother, which occurred last year. And he's decided to step away from football. Nothing but the best for him. Um, but yeah, they've got guys like Isaiah Loudermilk, who have you know become... You know, parts of that rotation. They drafted DeMarvin Leal, who will get some snaps now. So they've got guys. We'll see what happens with Devin Bush. His option's up after this year. And unless he turns into Patrick Willis, I don't think they're bringing him back. <laughs> Why are you bringing a guy like Miles Jack? And offensively, I mean, look, I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett. Wouldn't have been the guy that I chose. But, you know, the offensive line is better than what it was at this point last year. They're bringing James Daniels from Chicago, Mason Cole from Minnesota. Kevin Dotson's a good guard. Dan Moore, you know, had his ups and downs at left tackle. Um, skill position-wise, I mean, they're going to be good. The offense is going to run through Najee Harris and Pat Fryer moved to tight end. Deontay Johnson, fine receiver. I wouldn't give him $20 million a year. That's just me. Chase Claypool, you know, physical freak, a guy who I think they're going to put in the slot, and then George Pickens on the outside. So they've got guys that they can rely on, which I'm excited for. And they drafted the uh, Calvin Austin from Memphis as well. So, I mean, two receivers that will be big parts of the receivers right away. Do I think they'll be a playoff team? No. I think that the conference is too stacked both roster-wise and quarterback-wise, and I just don't think Kenny Pickett's going to take them to the promised land. I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll win nine games. 
I think they'll be in it to the very last week of the year because that's just what Mike Tomlin teams do. They're just always in it. I think they'll fall a little bit shy, though. And that brings me to this. I mean, at the 40-minute mark, the San Francisco 49ers, which everybody's giving me hell for on Twitter. I've said this all offseason. I'll reiterate it now. I think that Trey Lance will end up being better than Jimmy Garoppolo. To say without question that he is absolutely better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now is asinine, lacks any sort of merit, and is just very Homer-ish of a lot of 49ers fans. I think they're going to be very similar to what they were last year. And what they were last year was a team that struggled, got hot, made the playoffs in the last week of the season. They were a 10-win team last year. I think they're going to be around an 8-9 win team. I think when people see me having San Francisco at 19, they assume I think they're going to be terrible. I don't think they're going to be terrible. I don't. I think they will be a middle-of-the-pack team that has a rookie quarterback, basically a rookie quarterback, you know, a guy who's only had, you know, what, three starts in two years. But I think Trey Lance will get better as the year goes on. I do. But combine the fact that he is still very green with the fact that the 49ers don't have an easy schedule. That is something to pay attention to. Because second half of their schedule, not easy. Week 7 to week 11 is as follows. Home for Kansas City at the Rams by week. Home for the Chargers. Home for Arizona. They could lose all four of those games. Not to mention, week three against the Broncos in Denver. I don't think they'll win that game. Tampa Bay, week 14. They ain't winning that. Washington, week 16. I don't think they're going to beat Washington. And then they go to Vegas. Vegas is still going to be good. I think they'll be competitive. Again, like I said already about Vegas, they play in a tough division. Um, you know, They're going to be scrapping to the very end. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but they're still going to be a good team. Second half of their schedule from weeks 10. The 18, the easiest game they have is what? New Orleans? Weeks 10 to 18 for the 49ers. Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Washington, Las Vegas, Arizona. You could say that Seattle will be the easiest game there, but it's a divisional game, and a lot of stuff goes out the window when these games are played within the division. Second half of their schedule is brutal with a green quarterback and outside of Debo Samuel and George Kittle, like they're not, they're thin when it comes to their weapons offensively. They're very top heavy. Outside of Debo Samuel and George Kittle, which by the way, both are fantastic. There's a lot of other teams whose guys as a whole that I would take. Now I can't wait to see the person who slides in. Well, Brandon Ayuk actually is very good. I'll have you know that's he's fine. He's fine. Seattle, or sorry, San Francisco. Like I said, I think they'll be an eight-nine win team. I think they'll be in the wild card hunt. I think they'll fall short. I've said that all off season. I'll continue saying it. Cleveland. Um, it looks like Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended for some amount of time. This whole thing looming over them, I think it's just going to kill their season altogether. Roster-wise, they're solid. It just looks like Jacoby Brissett's going to be the guy, and I don't believe in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Carolina, which um, we can dive into the other part of the show right now. Having Baker Mayfield now, um, I think it makes them a little bit better. I think it would have made more sense for them to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's the better quarterback, but I can understand not wanting to pay what they would have to pay. Um, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, I like what this offense can be. If Baker can develop any sort of chemistry with DJ Moore, uh, Terrence Marshall, Robbie Anderson, uh, I think that the offense can be 
I wouldn't say, you know, one of the best in the league, but I think he could be productive. Defensively, I mean, they're going to be fun to watch defensively, especially with J.C. Hornback. They traded for C.J. Henderson. Those are two former top 10 cornerbacks in terms of draft picks that are going to be back there. So that's going to be fun. Um, you know, we've got a good front seven with the likes of Derek Brown. Um, whose name am I blanking from Florida State? Coming off the head, Brian Burns. They've got guys on that side of the ball. So I'm looking forward to seeing their defense. Offensively, I mean, like I said, it'll be interesting to say the least. It's going to still run through Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield isn't changing. Baker Mayfield isn't accounting for any wins by him. Like he's not going to single-handedly win you games. Is he better than Sam Darnold? Yes. He better than PJ Walker? Yes. I'll get into everything else at the end of the power ranking segment. We'll come back to Carolina. Uh, the Jets, I can't wait to watch the Jets play football this season. I still think they're a year away. You know, I like what Zach Wilson is going to become, adding the likes, you know, developing the chemistry with Elijah Moore. They drafted Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, a running back, getting a little bit better up front. I like what the Jets can become. Defensively, I still need to see a little bit, a few more pieces added. But I like where this is going. I think they'll be that fun team that wins like six or seven games, but they're competitive throughout most of the year. And then next year, 2023, I think is a year where we can see the Jets be a wild card team. The Saints, they don't have Sean Payton anymore. They got Dennis Allen. Jameis Winston is still your quarterback. Which, by the way, for everybody who's saying, he threw 14 touchdowns to three interceptions last year, Jared. Look at his yards, man. The defense was setting up the Saints inside the, you know, the, the opponent's 30-yard line more often than not. It's not as if Jameis Winston was single-handedly winning them games. And there were glimpses where we saw the old Jameis, like against New England and Carolina. Let's not pretend that Jameis Winston was the reason the Saints were winning. Their defense is the reason that they were winning. But even then, offensively, I don't care that they had a Jarvis Landry. What has Jarvis Landry ever done to change the landscape for a team? He's been on a playoff team once. Who cares? Jarvis Landry is a fine player, but he's not changing the landscape of a team's a team season. It's just not. Uh, potentially could be twice for playoffs. I'm sorry. I don't know. I can't remember if he was with Miami when they were a playoff team, and I think it was a 2016-2017 year. If he was, sue me. I'm sorry. He actually might have been. But at maximum, he's been on a playoff team twice, and he's been in the league for a decade. I, I don't care about a mediocre team adding an above-average receiver. I don't care. The Giants. I may have gotten a little bit ahead of myself with the Giants. I and my first game-by-game uh, -game predictions, I said that they're going to go 9-8. and eight. I think I've calmed down a little bit on them. I still think they're going to be fun, which is something that we haven't been able to say about the Giants in a long time. Um, however, you know they still have an easy schedule this year. I think that Brian Dable is going to get the absolute best out of Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley, if he can stay healthy. I, part of me just can't let go of that Saquon Barkley that was lighting up USC in the Rose Bowl. I still believe that guy exists somewhere. If he can stay healthy, I would love to see what he can do. They lose Evan Ingram, sure, but they still got you know a good array of pass catchers. Defensively, they were very good last year. Um, it just didn't show because they had Mike Glennon as their quarterback. But they held teams you know, to low scoring um, in terms of points. I mean, they, they didn't give up a lot of points. It's just that their offense couldn't score. So if the Giants offense can put up points this year, the defense plays like they did last year, then I like where they're going. Plus, they had a fantastic draft. Getting Kayvon Thibodeau, that's going to be fun. Giants are going to be fun this year, which is something we haven't been able to say in a while. I think minimum six wins. I think maximum for them is that nine wins. Maybe 10 if everything goes well. I mean, we've seen teams go from worst to first before. It's not like there's not precedent for this. I think I've calmed down on the Giants a little bit. Would I like to see them win nine games? Absolutely, because I love Brian Dable. 
Somewhere between six and nine wins, I think, is the sweet spot for the Giants. If they get seven wins, that is a very successful start for Dable. Now to the Miami Dolphins. Why does everybody pretend that the Miami Dolphins aren't a dumpster fire organization? The past two years, they had a winning record for the first time since 2002. That is the first time that they've had back-to-back winning seasons in 20 years. And then they fired the coach that helped them do it. Michael Daniels fun. We have no idea what he's going to be as a head coach. Tuatunga Vailoa, I don't believe in him. Like, that's great that you can get Tyreek Hill. And you have Jalen Waddle. You got Mike Gesicki. However, your offensive line is still very suspect. And what happens when defenses just sit on these short routes and say, Tua, beat us over the top? If you can do that, congratulations. But you are not throwing short passes. Beat us over the top to win this game. I don't think you can do it. And again, there might be like early on in the season where you'll see a stat line like two will be like 25 of 34 for 330 yards and four touchdowns. But a lot of that is just throwing it six yards downfield where Tyreek Hill catches it and runs 70. So they very well could have success in that early on in the year. But when they face these smart teams that say, no, beat us over the top to it. And if you do, we'll tip, we'll tip our caps and we'll move on. I don't think he's going to do it. And then I think after this year, we're going to see Mike McDaniel go get his guy, whomever that may be. Wouldn't it be fun to see the Dolphins trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? I could see it happening. I might tweet that. That might be a tweet. Put that in the old noggin. We'll come back to that. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that I'm very excited to watch play football this season. Um, I love Trevor Lawrence. The poor guy was plagued by everybody dropping anything that he threw to them. I'm not saying that he was perfect. He was a rookie on a bad team with Urban Meyer. Christ's sake, give the guy a break. Um, they added a lot of talent, albeit they spent way too much money to do it. But the Jaguars, this is what the Jaguars did. They got, they paid Lamborghini money for a Honda Civic. Honda Civic is a fine car. I'm not paying $200,000 for one. And that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars did. However, I'm excited to watch them play. Everybody's still buzzing about what they did with the number one overall pick. I want the Jaguars to be successful for multiple reasons, though. One, I love the Doug Peterson hiring. Um, guy who's won a Super Bowl. I know that a lot of people want to see Byron Leftwich get that job and go back to Jacksonville. Doug Peterson's the better hire. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is very good. I'm excited to see what happens with him. Travis Etienne, this big core of guys that they've added. Um, and one, I'm a ginormous wrestling fan, all elite wrestling, Tony Khan, Shad Khan. I want to see them have nice things. So I'll be an undercover Jaguars fan. I have a Jaguars helmet right here. It's that horrible double colored one. Remember that? You heard me talk about that. If you watch my video on the worst uniforms of all time, spoiler alert, go watch that. So the Jaguars may have paid Lamborghini money for a, for a Honda Civic, but I'm still rooting for them. The Detroit Lions, this is a team that I think could be sneaky good this season. I think, you know, between six and eight wins is their, their maximum. However, I mean, Jared Goff's still the quarterback. Um, we'll see what they do. Um, I have to pull up their depth chart because I don't want to leave anybody out because I know that they added some talent this offseason. They brought in DJ Chark from Jacksonville. I do recall that. Uh, I just don't want to get the receiver that they drafted wrong because a trillion of these guys got a lot of attention. I don't think they – no, the Saints drafted Olave. The Jets drafted Garrett Wilson. And it, Jameson Williams, that's the one. It was in Detroit. And they still got TJ Hawkinson, a tight end who's very good. So, liking what I see from Detroit. I'm excited to see how, how year two of Dan Campbell goes. 
again, they run a lot of games last year that just they let they let slip away. They should have beat Baltimore. They should have beat Minnesota the first. They should have beat Minnesota twice. Beat them the second time. But uh yeah, they should have beat Baltimore. Should have beat Minnesota twice. There's a few games that they let slip away. Um, this is a team that plays hard for their head coach, though. They clearly have a lot of love and admiration for him, and that goes a long way. Um, so Detroit, I think this is a team that can win. I think at minimum they'll be a five-win team. Maximum, I think they'll be hovering around seven, eight. I think again, once they get their quarterback next year, I think that this this is a team that can be in the wild card conversation around year three of Dan Campbell. But it's still going to be an interesting team to watch. Number twenty-eight, the New England Patriots. The Patriots, man, they're going to be bad. This is a six-win team, six or seven-win team. I don't see anything for the Patriots. I don't. You look at how their schedule panned out last year and everything that fell in their favor. They beat the Bills in a wind tunnel in which Mac Jones threw three times. They beat the Titans without Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. They beat the Saints where Jameis Winston sucked. They beat the Jets twice, where Zach Wilson sucked. Patriots just aren't good. On paper, they're not good. I think that's fair to say. Even their defense, like Bill Belichick's known for his great defenses, their defense isn't great. They're old. They're old and not good. Is one of them a Cordy Twin still there? I think the other one retired, but I'm pretty sure the other one's still there. There's no telling which one. And that's great. Probably like a 97 on Madden for whatever reason. It's not like he's great. I don't think I can name more than three guys in their defense, now that I think about it. I can name Matt Judon because he's good. Matt Judon and one of them a Cordy. So I think I can name a player and a half on the Patriots defense currently. J.C. Jackson's not there anymore. By the way, their uniforms suck. That doesn't have anything to do with how good I think they'll be. I just think their uniforms suck. But we do get the red throwbacks this year, which is nice. Patriot pad on the side of the lid. That'll be fun. And <laughs> we'll have Patriots, people that slide in the comments on this. They traded for Devontae Parker, damn it! Huzzah! Devontae Parker. He was a fine, again, he's fine. I don't even think he's fine. He's okay. <laughs> He is certainly an NFL player, is what Devontae Parker is. Um, yeah, no. I'm not going to bank on Ramondre Stevenson and Devontae Parker and a defense that I can't name more than three people on going to the playoffs. Not in that division. Not in that conference. No, thank you. No, thank you. Hey, all good things come to an end eventually. Don Shula had some bad seasons, too. Every great coach has had some bad seasons. Bill Belichick himself has had some bad seasons. Final year in Cleveland. The first year in New England. The Cam Newton year in New England. So, yes. Patriots aren't going to be good. And then the rest of this, I mean, these ones are going to be duking it out for the number one overall pick. Houston, Chicago, Seattle, Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, the worst uniforms in all of sports. Marcus Mariota, who could pass as being a 45-year-old man. They just don't have anybody. The very few select number of guys that are real game changers, and it's a shame that A.J. Terrell's there because he's fantastic. Uh, Seattle, again, Geno Smith or Drew Locke. I love D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Wouldn't be surprised if one of them is you know traded at some point. I'd like Justin Fields, too, in Chicago, but again, they're setting him up for failure, too. Houston, I mean, they're going to be in a cesspool of mediocrity for a little bit. So those are my power rankings that we've taken an hour to get through. We finally got to this spot. Um, didn't think it would take that long, but I like to go in depth on a lot of things. Um, so we'll talk about Carolina real quick. Um, Trading for Baker Mayfield, already touched on it briefly. So what's this mean for Carolina? They'll be better. Like I said, Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Donald, better than P.J. Walker, better than Cam Newton. 
they'll be better. Don't think they're a playoff team. I think they'll be hovering around the wild card picture for a little bit. But I think teams like Minnesota and Arizona, I think Dallas will be better than them. San Francisco will probably be better than them. So, I mean, they've got a little bit of uh, competition in that, right? There's three wild card spots, though. So, you know, they could be a surprise team and steal one of them. Which, you know, if that does happen, good for Baker Mayfield. You know, if he goes somewhere new after being unwanted and takes a team through the playoffs, that would be nice. So what does this mean for the other quarterbacks, though? Well, Sam Darnold, you can't really release him because that's $18.8 million in dead money. So I assume he'll be there for the next year and then go somewhere else to be a backup or compete to be a, you know, a starter for a bad team. P.J. Walker, probably going to get released, be put on a practice squad. He'll, if he's put on a practice squad, he'll be signed somewhere else as a backup. He's fun to watch. I mean, he can make plays with his feet. Fun story. Um, but Matt Corral and Sam Darnold will be the two other quarterbacks on the roster. I mean, they drafted Corral in the third round for a reason. And look, if all goes for Carolina, if I mean, what I would have done is I would have rolled out Sam Darnold, I would have put him on a short leash, and I would have seen what you got in Matt Corral for, you know, more than half the season. You know, through five games, if Sam Darnold isn't playing well and they're one and four, I would have put in Matt Corral. You know, you'd, this is a guy that, you know, was, some said that he was going to be drafted in the top 10 of the draft and you got him in the third round. So that's what I would do, what I would have done. But obviously now, you know, what they can do is, you know, if they realize that Baker Mayfield isn't their guy after this season, then Matt Corral can be one of these guys that goes into camp of 2023 competing for the starting job. More than likely with a new head coach and regime because Matt Rue won't be there if that's the case. And then they go from there. But I would have seen what you had in Matt Corral. I mean, you drafted him for a reason. So I do think that P.J. Walker will be on a different team. Darnold and Corral will be the two backups. Cam Newton will not be in Carolina's future plans, nor should he be. He's not good. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is the other one, which I touched on him briefly. What's that mean for him? Because there's not really any other jobs around the NFL right now. So what that means for Jimmy Garoppolo is what's probably meant all offseason. We expected him to be the first domino to fall, and he's the only one that hasn't yet which means the 49ers are going to probably hold on to him. And if a playoff team loses their quarterback for an extended amount of time, then that's when they'll give the 49ers a call and give up more than they should for Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, that's smart on the 49ers for waiting to get more than they originally would. I know I see some people are saying oh, trade him to Cleveland. Cap wise, it would work, but overall money wise, what they would be paying is out of this world, and they're not they're not gonna do that. So don't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to go to Cleveland. But if a team like um, Minnesota loses Kirk Cousins for like a month and a half, near, especially near the end of the season if they're in the midst of a, a playoff hunt or if a team like Indianapolis loses Matt Ryan. Well, let's come back to that dolphin idea, huh? Let's say Tua sucks. Let, like throughout the first month and a half of the year, the, the Dolphins are one in five, one in six. Mike McDaniel says, to hell with this. I'm trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Or maybe he doesn't even wait that long. Like, if the Dolphins start off 0-3, I would call the 49ers. And it would be good for both sides. One, you're not going to lose a lot of money on this quarterback that you already have because he's on a rookie deal. Two, 
You might be able to get a little bit of a friendly deal in return since Mike McDaniel was just in San Francisco. Three, if it works, which for some reason, anytime Jimmy Garoppolo is thrown in as a starter, whether it be in New England, right away in San Francisco, he wins. Wherever he goes, that team seems to win. Right or wrong? And again, we can make the argument about the playoff success. When everything's right around him, the 49ers went to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. We're very close to two Super Bowl appearances. Don't confuse underwhelming quarterback play for bad quarterback play, is my argument. I think that Miami is a team to keep an eye on when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I would keep an eye on it from now until around beginning to middle of October. Because if Miami's playing bad, I would expect a call to be made. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this edition of the Pump Fake. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Everybody who is commenting and watching along, that's very nice of you to do, and it's always appreciated. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff coming from me, stuff from the 33rd Team Sports Illustrated. Um, another YouTube video in here tomorrow, top 10 play-by-play -play announcers of all time. That was a fun one to do, so please do check that out. Um, and yeah, you guys know the, uh, know the gist from here. You can follow me on Twitter at jbaileynfl. I'll tweet out all this stuff, tweet all the videos, my thoughts, whether it's football, pro wrestling, all that stuff. You guys know what I do on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at jbaileynfl for all of my content and all of my, my thoughts. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, check out top 10 play by play guys when that comes out. No notes will be coming as well with the likes of Matt Perino, Ben Raven, and many others. Thank you guys so much. I will see you soon. This is the Pump Pick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.